If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron, show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Thanks for joining us. And a fine Balls McWednesday to you and yours. I'm Jeff, that's Tom, there's Director Matthew, and we appreciate you joining us. If you're watching on War Chant TV, don't forget to uh, like and subscribe, all right? Oh, look at that. <laughs> Somebody sent me a tweet, Tom, with the uh, the red that is uh, from, from Locust Grove to McDonough uh, over to Stockbridge. Just the red on the maps. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Per our discussion of McDonough. They don't need to update that map. Just leave it red, always. Yeah, just leave it there. Leave it there. You always see the express lanes that are shut down? They won't let you take? Doesn't flow in that direction when you're going that way? It's always like, yeah, this is this is our way of saying it could be faster, just so you know. But we refuse to allow for this, uh, this magic lane to be opened up. So it's just a big middle finger to you. The only time you can cash in on McDonough and get through there with uh, any degree of quickness is if you've got like the first flight out at Hartsfield and so you're driving through at four in the morning because you got to get through security for the first flight out then you can do it speaking from experience but other than that anytime from 8 a.m to midnight yeah, you are screwed. screwed so the other day that the report came out that Tom Brady is going to uh, work with Fox as an analyst when he retires from football and the deal was for over 300 million dollars and we were all just stunned and obviously, I mean, that's a, a lot of coin, but the bottom line is that's a guy who I wouldn't think, unless he's Phil Mickelson-esque, uh, wouldn't think he needs the money. Speaking of Phil, we had a sense that that book might reveal something pretty telling about why it is he needs the blood money from the Saudis that he does uh, and would be willing to ruin his reputation and career uh, by perhaps going in that direction the way that a few uh, of the uh, washed-up golfers are. From the PGA Tour, uh, but if you are to believe that book, and I, I'm going to read it, uh, he has over forty million dollars in gambling debts. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, man, which he can cover. Oh I'm yeah, sure. easily. Yeah. He's made that in a year, but forty million, sir, you're not good at this. I had it all wrong because you won the bet the one time on the Ravens to win the Super Bowl and bet it preseason, and it looked good because I think he took home five hundred k. But I mean. That must have been a rarity. Well, given who Phil is, if he won more, he would have told you about it. <laughs> so maybe that's why he's got $40 million in debt, because he seems like the guy that would make well, sure he tweets out the ticket if it was successful. 
Problem is that uh, he's also been involved in certain cases where his names come up and the money exchanged were with the wrong kinds of people, some of whom have been killed, others belong to the mob and or yeah, so that's not good. That's not good. So that's just on this. The 40 million might be what you know, might be what you know about. Anyhow, back to Tom for a second. 300 plus million dollars. So it's not as if he didn't already have an, uh, the level of FU money that we would all desire to have to do anything we wanted. But I got into a, a conversation about which sporting event, if money was no object, would I want to go to? And this, my dad and I were talking about this. And so one thing to note, I, I, I thought, well, I'm going to look up a couple of things. I, the first NFL game in, in Germany. No. Right? No. That's it. Although it'd be fun to visit Munich. No. Uh, I'm just, I, I wanted to know, because as we talked about this, the more I thought about it, the more I realized, okay, listen, so if we think internationally, what is taken in by the most amount of people? And immediately my thought was, well, soccer. So, like, number one on that list, if we were just looking at viewership around the world, uh, I would think the World Cup would be number one. But it's interesting, uh, the Tour de France. 3.5 billion viewers. World Cup, the last one, 3.3 uh, billion viewers. So cycling does better numbers in the World it Cup. Di- it did in the last one, yes. That's uh, it's crazy to think about. That's a lot of standard deaf televisions around the world just stuck on one channel. That's Remember also, it's over the course of 23 days. So they counted all of it. It added up. So I, I think that's more of it. Um that's crazy. That's a lot. Well, then again, the World Cup's a lot, too. Hmm. I don't, it's, you know, anyhow, and hence 3.3 billion viewers. The Cricket World Cup got 2.6 billion viewers. Cricket? I still don't understand that game. I sat at a pub in Brighton with a man who loves cricket, and he explained it all, and it made sense for like an hour, and I couldn't retain the knowledge that I needed to get it. It's nuts. I watched cricket. At length, when I was in London, uh, and then later Bath and a couple of other places, just because I did, I, I do understand its huge popularity. Now, a big part of these numbers, the two point six billion, India, and and so you know, uh, a lot of people in India, a lot of people, and they all love cricket. Apparently. Close quarters, close quarters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. not ideal. But that said, uh, that last cricket World Cup set a record for the most watched cricket event of all time at 2.6 billion viewers. Then you get into the Olympics where the summer games had over 2 billion viewers. The winter games had over 2 billion viewers. Top 10, number 6, the Women's World Cup. 1.12 billion viewers. I like the Women's World Cup. I watch the Women's World Cup. I'm in. Yeah, I agree with that. That's good. Boxing still gets, depending on the fight, still gets worldwide over a billion viewers, so it's not a dead sport. It is kind of in this country, but uh, the UEFA Champions League does really well, over $380 million. Super Bowl, all the way down here, because very specific to the United States, 96.4 million viewers. Not billions, but millions. Uh, and then the World Series is in the top ten. You've answered your question as to why the NFL is going overseas. There it is. I guess. The NFL I don't wants think that it's working. billion mark. They want to, you know... Go local municipalities and, and countries into saying, here you go. What, are they going to expand their league to Europe, I guess, is the effort here? They want it on televisions over in Europe so they can hit those numbers and sell to the corporate sponsors that they're partnering with that are all over the globe and saying, look, it's, we're worth buying. Yeah, it's always about that. I get it. It's always about expanding and making more money. But, man, they've been trying for a real long time. And every time I see these games in London, they look they look. The folks look disinterested, first of all, because all you're watching is people fall down. 
whole lot of slipping inside. They got to get the fields right. That's why in Tottenham they have the turf now. Yeah, they brought in American turf or field turf. Field yeah. turf, yeah. Uh, so I guess my point was to circle back and put a ribbon on this of the world's events, whether it be the Masters at nine point five million viewers or the NBA Finals at sixteen point five four million, the Kentucky Derby that just happened. Did you watch? Major upset, eighty to one odds. Yeah, I watched. Uh, I, you know what kind of jumped out to me? Some on the lower lower part of this list. If I had the kind of money that Tom will make just for broadcasting and could go and take in with family and friends, pay for them, everybody, we're all going. I mean, certainly the British Open this year would be uh, pretty pretty amazing to do. Uh, it's supposed to be my honeymoon. I know. Thanks, Rona. Yep. Ouch. So, you know, this would be ideal. But I would want to go to Wimbledon, and I would want to go because I know they have fun, and they do have fun. The World Cup of Rugby is apparently a good time. A bleep show? I I have to be – well, it's in France this year, and uh, I got to believe – that would be a good time. It's 20 of the best international teams in all the globe, and it's a six-week tournament. Six weeks! So you got to pick the right week for the best possible. You can't. Anybody who makes it through six weeks at a Rugby World Cup Boy, that's a constitution right there. That's a toughie. So these aren't nations. These are the be- It's almost like a Champions League. It's, it's the best uh, international teams in, in a six-week tournament. Um, and, again, the upcoming one, the next Rugby World Cup, is from September the 8th through October 21st. Oh, my God. 2023 in France. Weather's nice in France that time of year. You just got to stay out of the scrums and the stands because I'm sure it gets testy. Yeah, a lot of testosterone in the World Cup of Rugby, I'm sure. But, man, tell me that doesn't sound like fun. Just like the cricket yeah, one sounds yeah, like that, fun. And the Six Nations. The Six Nations as yeah, well. That sounds like fun. Like much more so than, say, going to the Kentucky Derby. No way. Yeah, don't care. You, got, you have to pay me. I don't you, you you wouldn't go if you had a free place to stay and a free ticket? No, not really. I think I might just it to seems, experience it. No, there like, are a few things that I wouldn't go to for if if given for free. You're stuck there watching races all. I don't care. I don't care about the second. Like I'm not doing it. Well, just like if you it's want to close attend quarters, the actual race, I'd have just to be in a race, an owner's box. You know, like not the infield. Like it would have to well, be. The infield wouldn't suck. No, no, can't do it. What about like so? You and I were going to do the Daytona Daytona Five Hundred. We were this close to getting invites to go and, and and to be down there for the Daytona Five Hundred. Now you know I don't give a damn about NASCAR. I right. think it's ridiculous. Right. But I would go to that. I'd go that. I'd cross it off the list. I know this is going to hurt you. I think I'd rather go to the Daytona Five Hundred than the Kentucky Derby. I think I'd have a better time at the Daytona Five Hundred than the Kentucky Derby. You think so? Yeah. Hmm. I know it hurt a little. It, that doesn't uh, hurt. I just I'm, I'm trying to follow your reasoning. It's less uppity, that's for sure. Right, but boy, it is a lot less uppity. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. Okay, so <laughs> that's a, it's almost like a philosophical question that you can have at the dinner table. Would you rather be so stuck up it's ridiculous, or would you rather be so down in the dumps mm. that it's rowdy? Mm. Well, the infield of a Daytona 500 is the dumps, Matthew. Come on now. Rowdy is the way I'm describing it. Yeah. That is a descriptor. Uh, uh, Yeah, uh, (laughs) that's a toughie. 
That's a toughie. I, I that, hey, that's not political either, because they both vote for the same people. Yeah, no, no, I know. I just, that's interesting. We, we would be... <laughs> You and I would stick out, to say the least, as we rolled in there. In either place, no, I think I'd stick. No, Where would you I'd stick think, out more? Can you imagine wide-eyed as we would be walking into those two places? I hear well, you. Well, my goodness gracious. Where, where what would do you, we have here? Where do you think you'd stick out more? In the owner's box of the Kentucky Derby or the infield of the, well, of the, the Daytona there's, 500? There's an easy way not to stick out at, at both places. but yeah, I, Not to go to either. Well, I'm just saying, if you went to either, it's not hard to disguise yourself as one of the masses. Certainly not for you and I. But uh, I, I would say that it, w- it wouldn't be I'm difficult. I'm sorry, I don't have the $25,000 watch to get into the Kentucky Derby to, to not stick out. Because that's like I think that's the going rate. If you want a decent <laughs> seat there. Tony, who lives in Daytona, writes, the 500, blah. If you live here, it sucks. You'll see things that can't be unseen. <laughs> oh, I know. Tony, I guessed as much. What, I guessed as much. What drives that point home, too, is that his avatar is it's on fire. It's like the Knolls <laughs> are on fire. We can dare to dream that the Knolls are someday on fire in the right way. The My right way, goodness yeah. gracious. Um, I just, <laughs> those two, that's a fun That's a fun debate. We should sit down and do the, my granddad gave me the, back in the day, whenever I really, really was wrought with worry over any issue, whatever it was. Pros and cons, take a, take a pen to a pad, Jeff. Pencil to a, a legal pad. Make sure you write down the pros and the cons. And be very honest with yourself about the pros and the cons. How about this? I'll give you three options. And you could do the creme de la creme experience of all three. So it's your choice. So the best experience, yep. no matter where we're going. Okay. Yep. Kentucky Derby, mm. Daytona 500, President's Cup. Oh, uh, I'm the President's Cup all day long. Really? Even though it's but the I President's about, Cup. I like the President's Cup. Also, have you seen the top six for the American team this year and the top six uh, for the international? I'm telling you, the President's Cup is going to be awesome this year, and I think we're going to win it. But in addition to that, the six captains' choices, I mean, that, he's got some tough – He's got Davis Love III is the uh, President's Cup captain, and he's got a tough choice because some of the guys you would want to compete in an event like that, Dustin Johnson is like 17th. Tony Finau, which he's played well for us, in, in, he's 16th or 15th. You have to go down the list. It's the President's Cup. It's which just we're not- going to dominate that ass in the President's <laughs> Cup, buddy. It's like the, the AAA World Series, you know? Well, you're it right. It would be more interesting if it was on a three-year rotational basis and one of the three years you got the, the internationals playing the Euros. That would make the President's Cup more interesting. The President's Cup is awesome. I think you've got this twisted, sir. If you had the creme de la creme experience of the President's Cup, you would love life. The best thing the President's Cup ever did was the fake video of Tiger walking in the putt before it goes in. <laughs> like That's probably the most famous thing that's ever happened is, is a fake thing. Oh, man. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, or Chan TV. You can tell us May. I think we make certain assumptions about what is happening in college football. They got confirmed by our head coach, Mike Norvell, over there at Amelia Island. He had a sit-down with uh, Packer and Durham, and uh, they sat around sipping coffee and talking and uh, all that good stuff. That was the highlight of his day, I'm sure. (laughs) He had to pretend like it was. And he was asked about, uh, well, the state of college football, but it comes up and it's going to come up a lot for all these coaches now, especially because of the high-profile situation that just occurred at Pitt. But when you have 
uh, players uh, on a roster that uh, you fear uh, could be poached in, in today's climate, they can. Uh, you're going to have coaches asked about it. And he says that, quote, we've had conversations. There have been a couple of guys on our team that have had people from the outside talking to them. Uh, they weren't in the portal, uh, but they were trying to make decisions on certain things for their future. Um, I don't find that shocking. Uh, I don't find that to be uh, the kind of thing that, like, let's say nationally would gain traction. Florida State's coach claims players were poached or attempted to be poached or what because I think that that's just where we're at unfortunate as it is I think if you've got good players uh expect that people are talking to them quote illegally or however you want to label that that's just the reality of where we're at and until we get some rules in place here or more importantly an enforcement arm of an NCAA or whomever it is that is going to run college football moving forward, capable of doing something about it, then this is the new norm. It's not to be something that you're taken aback by, maybe frustrated, and I sense that most fans are. I believe most coaches would be very frustrated in having to deal with that sort of thing, but that is the reality of your situation. The tough part about where we are now is is a lot of us, either in the media or the coaching community, like people who have the power to do something and then just us who are commenting on it, we're all throwing ideas against the wall to see what sticks for the enforcement. Like one thing that Jimbo brought up a long time ago that I think could have weight if if people would have the power to vote on it is you create a war chest of a lot of money that could go to a student if they complete their degree or if they complete their term that they sign on when they join the university on National Signing Day. So if they have a, a an NIL on December 15th as a high school player and they have a choice between a one-year agreement, a three-year agreement, or a four-year agreement, you could slot based upon money. the term of commitment. Yeah. Once they complete those seasons, what goes into their bank account? So there is the true quid pro quo for college athletes. It's service pay. Right. Make sure you keep your grades up. You play for these years, and then here's the money you're going to get. Whether or not you score 100 touchdowns for us over those three years and you're a stud or you're basically a glorified walk-on. If you have committed to us, we commit back to you. Here's the money you can get. That's not going to stop rogue boosters, but it might help you in the transfer portal and the Wild West of what's going on. I mentioned it in the first hour. We're all trying to garner information. Our own Irish fellows over there right now for these ACC meetings. And, you know, you're trying to learn what is coming down the pike. The big subject matter, such as the rules for NIL, how to curb what we're seeing in the basically inducement uh, pay-for-play game, who's coming to save the day, which the answer is nobody, uh, who's able to enforce the many things that we're all suggesting, whether that be a radio talk show in Tallahassee or an athletic director in the conference or a head coach or anybody else for that matter, who's, who's able to implement that uh, and who's able to make that stick? It doesn't sound like much right now. And so this is why everybody's sort of standing there wondering, as I just noted, who's coming to save the day. But there are some more immediate things that look like they will get done. And one of those happens to be uh, the remaking of a football schedule model. And I think that's going to happen within the ACC. It could happen not this year, obviously, but next year. Next year. It's, it's, it seems likely that's happening in the Power 5 period. So Ira hit up the message boards with a bunch of updates yeah. uh, about a half an hour ago, and that's one of those things where the coaches were tied 7-7 seven to seven 
in a split vote on whether or not to scrap what they're currently doing with divisions and create the system that you've heard about in the last couple of days, which is three fixed opponents. Three to five arrangement. Right. And then you play five other opponents for a home and home in a, in a two consecutive year span. So, for example, you're playing Clemson, Miami, Georgia Tech every year if you're Florida State. Let's just say that that was the teams that are locked in. Then you're going to play NC State one year home, one year away. Then NC State's off the else. schedule for yeah, two years. Yeah. They come back. So when you're a four-year athlete, you can play everybody in your conference before you graduate. That's not a bad idea. I love the idea, man. I have wanted for some time, and I know there's a famous game with a famous soundbite from it, but it's been a long time since that uh, wouldn't you love to go play at Virginia Tech? Wouldn't that be fun for you and me and anybody else that uh, likes to see uh, an environment that is uh, more in line with celebrating football the way we do, the way Clemson does. When's the last time we played there? Do you remember? Well, is that the, that's the famous call. That's, the, that's Rashad Green. That's, 2012. That's, that's me yelling and, and, the, and the booth being upset. Um, so, that's yeah, that's all of that. I, uh, I, I've wanted to go there for a long time. It'd be a lot of fun. But, yes, the opportunity to trade out and to go forward from there, it, it would be fun. Uh, I saw a quote, by the way, from uh, Radakovich. I think the one where there are four-year rotating cycles where you play everybody twice and you have three common opponents, I think that really got a lot of thumbs up from most of the ACC schools, quote-unquote. So also something that Ira pointed out, even though the coaches were split on the change, they don't have the real votes. The athletic directors do. And, it and sounds our like athletic director wanted to see us expand our brand as opposed to playing Georgia Tech every year. Right. Well, it sounds like there are enough votes in the room for the ADs to make the change. We'll see if that happens. Uh, Jim Phillips is speaking to Ira and the assembled media over there around 4 o'clock today. One other note, too, from the coaches uh, over there. It sounds like they're in favor with doing away with the 25-player limit in annual new scholarships. That's interesting. So it's no longer 25. If you want to flip the hell out of your roster, you can do so. Let's get to the flippity-flipping. Uh, that has to happen, and soon. You saw, by the way, the potential permanent opponents for every team has kind of been posited, thrown out there. We are on the short end of the stick here. Uh, in, in terms of schedule difficulty? Absolutely. Yeah, every year we're going to get Clemson and Miami. Man. Meanwhile, there's Virginia who gets, you know, Virginia Tech, Pitt, and Syracuse or something like that. Well, they yeah. get Virginia Tech, North Carolina, and Wake. Yeah, that's doable. I think I especially like, yeah, I like, uh, I like, Honestly, I would love Virginia Tech, which is Virginia, Louisville, and BC. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'd do that. That's fine. Or give me, uh, yeah, give me North Carolinas, Duke, NC State, and Virginia. Oh, get out of here! Get the hell. So they're going to be in third or fourth place every year. Oh hell, give me Miami's. They get to avoid Clemson. They get Florida State, Boston College, and Pitt. Nope. nope, nope, nope. I vote against this measure. <laughs> Yeah, we would have Miami, Clemson, and Syracuse. No, no, no. I mean, I don't care about Syracuse. Beat that ass on the regular, but, I mean, come on. So they wouldn't give us tech. That's interesting. I want tech. Yeah, we want to be able to drive to games. That'd be nice. Well, Once a year. Also, well, they're just garbage. So, yeah, let's do that. Although, I say that, we're garbage right now. We haven't been able to beat anybody. So I, Including I, them. I, I thumb my nose at these folks. But, uh, well, they beat us. Well, they laugh at us. They know. They know when the ship is You riding. losers. They we, know when. What? We just beat you. <laughs> You're a loser. <laughs> they know when the ship is riding and everything is operating at peak efficiency, the deal. You play your best. We'll play ours. Let's see who wins. If there wasn't that lightning delay, James Blackman would have thrown for five bills. 
I contend that that lightning delay was devastating. Yeah. You uh, you saw Mike Norvell's reaction. He I think he would contend oh, in man. an honest moment. That place was moving. I was right down there on the 50. I was watching it happen. Like, here we go. That was the great catch at the uh, – was that Cam McDonald's great catch? Was that, I think that's right, yeah. Yeah. That's the only one he's ever made. From James Blackman. That's, yeah. A uh, little bit of an overthrow. Went up and got it. In the history of the most unlikely plays in Florida State history, <laughs> that's maybe top five. Oh, my goodness gracious. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. You've read this, and uh, this is not a surprising story, but it did make me think for a second. I'm kind of surprised this doesn't happen more. I'm kind of surprised it didn't happen here. Kicker Josh Lambeau has filed a lawsuit against the Jags. He wants his $3.5 million salary for 2021, plus damages for emotional distress. If you recall this story, uh, one of the many uh, that came out after Urban Meyer was told to have a good day by the Jags, uh, the lawsuit, uh, in part, brings up the fact that he suffered verbal abuse and was kicked before a game by Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer kicked him before a game and uh, and cursed at him. Something about not missing kicks and then kicked him and, and all that good stuff. Um, so, all right, fine. He's suing. That's interesting. But I started wondering for a second. Uh, Urban, who's not seemingly liked by anybody there in Jacksonville or anybody who's ever really known him. And uh, the abuse, verbal and otherwise, which is described in several articles since he was let go. Uh, how is it? And I, and I suppose some of it has to do with uh, workplace and uh, chain of command, whatever it might be. But I looked it up, Tom. Josh Lambeau, depending on where you look, is 6'1", 6 feet, 215. Basically my size. He's basically my size. Either an inch shorter or same height, about within 5 to 10 pounds. Same, same. So I was just trying to, by way of comparison, get a sense of, I mean, I, I thought because, listen, almost every professional athlete is a lot bigger. Uh, even kickers and punters than you realize. When you go and you see, when you stand on the sideline of an NFL game, you're like, these dudes are huge. They, even the punters. They're big guys. Most of them. No. So I was like, okay, well, I wonder how big Josh Lambeau is. So I looked it up. And then I thought, well, how big is Urban Meyer? Because, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And he's the same height. He's the same thing. Depending on where you look, 6'1", six, 6 feet. Something around 5'11", I saw. It's high as 6'2". Somewhere in that neighborhood, right? So not 6'6", six, six, whatever, right? Not that that's everything. Just trying to get a sense. I don't know of too many places where a person could his, put his hands on you, be in the midst of verbally abusing you, kick you, and that somebody wouldn't be well within their rights of pummeling their ass. Think about it. How did that not happen with Urban Meyer? The, the smugness of Urban Meyer, the lack of respect for his players, for the franchise, for the job that he was tasked with doing, the amount of times that he has been called out and or was said to have done those things. And nobody, not even a guy who got kicked before a game, decided not to do something about it physically? That's remarkable. It's just, it's just an observation. It's stunning to me that somebody who is as competitive and physically fit as even this kicker, that nobody... 
thought if you if you put your hands on you touch me again. I can't I can't believe that didn't happen. Well, I want it to happen personally, uh, oh, and sure. he's going to get another contract with Fox College Sports. Uh, you see that? Of course he is. Like, they don't I mean, care. come on. I know. That's but that's, I, I don't have a good answer for you. I, I, there's not a good answer. It's an observation. In light of the lawsuit, it's just an observation. I'm stunned that somebody in an NFL locker room didn't decide. Okay, okay. So this is the kind of funny games we're going to have around here, huh? The young ladies came to my table. <laughs> They wanted to take pictures. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. instead of see my grandkids. I went to take pictures with mm-hmm. them. That's all. Yeah. Dude is, uh, man, like, it, Urban Meyer's about to be like a buck seventy-five. Man, no, no, no. I can't believe you'd have the gall to be kicking people, even a kicker. Why wouldn't he have the gall, though? I mean, that's insane. Think about it. He like, never. What, like, first of all, he's anybody, never been it, checked. Even with Rinaldi, their best friend, six months after the, according to the report interview, that was all a charade. He kept his job at Ohio State. He's never been told no. Even when he's fired, he gets the next job at Fox Sports. He's fired. I mean, think about the resume of all the things that have gone wrong, enabling wife beaters, looking the other way for murderers. And they're like, yeah, you know what? That's a guy I'd hire. Yeah. So he absolutely should have the goal. I'm just thinking, my man, that is, uh, that's a line. Like the verbal abuse of which you speak, it makes sense. But I, th- I got to be honest. It, when I looked him up, he's not. I thought Urban was a lot bigger than he is. He's not that big, and 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 more. So he's not physically intimidating. There are some co- right. football coaches who are like he's well, kind of frail too. Like that's why he wears the giant windbreaker. Yeah, he's, he's a little he's frail. He's near sixty years old. He's about a buck seven. No man, it's not like some of the look. If the coach of the Lions grabs you, ain't much you're going to do about that. Right, right. Or <laughs> you, Mike Vrabel. If Mike Vrabel grabs Even you. Even though he's got a little chunky, you still got all, problems. That's all, Oh, you got a lot of problems. That's yeah. all I'm saying. There are guys that coach in that league that you're like, well, uh, that would be a toughie. I don't know that you're going to be able to do. But now if Shanahan grabs you, man, right. get the right. hell up right. out of here. Shanahan. The Bruce Arians. Watch it, old man. Yeah. you can t- I don't want to Pedro you. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, there are co- we all know who they are. We like to joke about it. There are coaches in that league. They're like, man, I don't think guys are going to say a damn thing back to him. Then there are guys like Urban Meyer. You're right. like, man, I will backhand you. Or like Tony Dungy back in the day. What you going to do, Tony? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> but Tony's not going to kick you or say something. I mean, of course, ridiculous. he never would. Yeah. He'd ask you to pray. You know, yeah, like Urban I mean, Myers like, probably said somewhere, like, Trevor and I, well, we decided to pray on it. And that's yeah. why we went with the third down call. Yeah. But, like, Tony would actually ask you to pray. Like, he really would. Yeah. It would be a bold-faced lie from Urban. No, <laughs> of course it would. But Vrabel, you're right to point out Vrabel. The dude from the Lions is the one, though. Nope. Looks like he yeah. still play. I, 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 that's not happening. Now, nobody's saying a word. Who was the coach with the Giants that's punching people in the face all the time? Oh, Who just I, got I fired. But I remember Tom Cable back oh, in the day. Yeah. Former, yeah, you're not yep. messing with him. Mm-hmm. Massive. Young John Madden? Nope. Not young John Madden. Young John Madden. Yeah, yeah. Like short sleeve and tie John yeah, Madden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big uh, dudes. Big dudes. No, sir. Yeah, Urban doesn't fall in that camp. Even young John Gruden. Even young oh, John. No, no. John no. Gruden. No. But here's yeah. why. Because no. he'd fight to the death. Well, John, fine, John to wants to die. He's got a death wish. Well, then he'd have to because, uh, man, John Gruden ain't stopping nobody from You ain't nothing. seen nothing yet, Cameron. Joe Judge. Good call. Joe Judge. Yeah, Joe Judge. Giant. Well, Mike Ditka in his prime. Ooh, Robert Sala? Yeah, oh, yeah. 
Nope. Now, I don't know how big Saul is, but he looks a little... He's a defensive coordinator. The defensive guys, it's offensive linemen, former trench guys, and offensive defensive and coordinators. De- offensive and defensive linemen. Yep. Nay, nay. Not messing with that. Not Mike Zimmer. <laughs> Mike Zimmer and Pete Carroll. Who wins? Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's in shape. But Pete Carroll's like 72. But he's in great shape. Zimmer's not. Zimmer's going down. Bruce Arians or Andy Reid? Andy Reid. Really? Andy Reid. Even just, the stomach stapling? But, but, but Bruce has got so many medical issues. His feet don't work. He's diabetic. He's half dead. I don't, you know. Yeah, but Bruce's weapon's a tumbler. Like he, he'd, just, he'd bash <laughs> he you over the head with a he, tumbler or crown. He'd throw his crown at you. Have a drink of that, baby. Yeah. No, you wouldn't want to fight him because he's one of the nicest guys in the world. Like, the players all love him. Andy, I sure hate to do this to you. Yeah. Andy would, uh, Andy, if he grabbed him. Andy's huge. Not just fat, but Andy's just a big dude. But he, if you just stand right in front of him, he's got his, he has to get his arms around himself before he can grab you. You've got to stand <laughs> right in front of him, not to the side. So it's like Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> or like Dark Helmet in Spaceballs. You, know? you just hold him up. <laughs> oh, there's no easy segue except to say that the mortgage process can be intimidating. <laughs> but not when you go see the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Chad and Shannon, Chad and Shannon, legendary team. And they're not going to kick you. They're not going to kick you. They're not going to verbally abuse you. No. Transparent communication. Cutting-edge technology. The best possible rates and service. It's all right there, my friends at Hamilton Home Loans. Check them out, FSUHomeLoans.com. Or give them a call today, 844-FSU-LOAN. We always want to thank Chad and Shannon, legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans, for being part of the Jeff Cameron Show. And you can... Experience their expertise, 844-FSU-LOAN, FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. And it's almost time for Probables. I'll get to them uh, momentarily. All was right with the world in baseball again yesterday. So after the Pirates dominated the Dodgers, they turned around and lost 11-1. to But don't look now. Dare I say it. Goodness gracious. It's a good day so far? It is. I don't believe it'll, it can't last, can it? It can't. I, I don't. You aren't no hitting them, are you? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, no, I don't think we're okay. no hitting them. Uh, I, I don't believe that is, is true, but we are shutting them out currently, knock on wood. Uh, so I do love sports because even though it wasn't an equal trade, it's not even close to an equal trade, the moment that the game was over and the Lightning lost to Toronto last night, I switch over to the MLB app and I'm watching Mets Nationals, mm-hmm. and the Mets should win that ball game. The Nationals are terrible. But it's runner on first, one out in the ninth inning, and Edwin Diaz induces a 4-6-3 double play to end the game. And I'm like, you know what? Thank you, sports. That's only a 10% makeup for the 100% disappointment I felt in a game five loss. But that 10% counts for something. It's the beauty of sports. Sometimes another team <laughs> picks you up. When we lost in, in uh, game seven to the Cardinals in 2006, the famous Beltron 83 down the middle from Wainwright that he looked at, the Bucks had the walk-off from Matt Bryant against the Eagles that Sunday. From 63 or 62. Yeah, you were watching it like Cross Creek or something? No, I was watching it, uh, well, I forget what it's called now, but it's that sorry chorus out there in Wakulla or whatever. But, yeah, like, uh, okay, yeah, that that one. So you were at a clubhouse watching that game. You were going to get a refill, right? We were, were at out- the turn, yeah. and we stopped in and got uh, refreshments, and I couldn't believe he was lining up to, to, to kick, yeah. I think the Game 7 was maybe on a Thursday or a Friday. 
with the Mets and the, and the Cardinals. And I didn't speak hardly very many words for the next few days to my friends other than yes, no. And then that game, it was just like this this elixir. I was like, thank you, sports. I needed that. 63 yards to walk it off. Beautiful. You know, I forgot about something before we do probables. I do believe Kansas beat Texas last year. Again? Fo- yeah, I think they did. Oh, man. I forgot about that. Look that up for me really quickly. I just was thinking about coaches that have failed and the difficulties of getting things turned around. And we were I was reading a story during the break that kind of alluded me to it, but I, I think they did. Pretty sure they did. And, like, the guy who caught the touchdown pass was a third-string fullback. Yeah. 57 to 56. <laughs> oh, my. Well, remember when Charlie Strong lost to Kansas, and I was like, well, you already had some things going against you at Texas there, Charlie, but you can't lose to Kansas, So I objectively will, speaking. I will grant you that it's an overtime result. They lost to Kansas. No, no, but wait. Kansas scored more points on Texas than Oklahoma did last year. Yes. 55 is what Oklahoma put up. On didn't Texas. work. It didn't work well. That was a comeback. Remember? There was a lot. We felt like both programs. I was like, you know what? This could be a good day for Texas. And then they didn't win again until the final game of the season against Kansas State. Just as an aside, that was a tough first year for Sarkeesian. <laughs> to Kansas. That's they did not. It was October 9th through November 20th. Texas lost every football game. Mm-hmm. Mm. Holy smokes. Mm. It's a toughie. All right, time for probables. Here we go. Fire it up, good sir. <laughs> it's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probables. Brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFloridaPayroll.com. So now I'm. To what I was alluding to, they're in the bottom of the sixth in Pittsburgh at beautiful PNC Park where the Pirates seek to take the series from the Dodgers. Currently lead three to nothing. Wow. Uh, baseball. I'm telling you, baseball's screwy. Doesn't make any damn sense. Ryan Pipio and Dylan Peters. Blue Jays, Yankees. Jose Barrios, Jamison Tyon. It's 5-2 Yanks right now, that game in the 7th. Top of the 6th, 8-4 Cincinnati over Milwaukee. What's going on with the Reds? They've woken up from their slumber. That's Adrian Hauser and Vladimir Gutierrez. All the games about to be mentioned are coming up. Phillies, Mariners. We got Bailey Falter and Logan Gilbert. Hello, Bailey. Marlins, D-back, Sandy Alcantara and Merrill Kelly. Merrill's got to be a character in any number of movies in which somebody could decry Merrill's ineptitude. So you would just be like, oh, well, that was Merrill. It's a good line. Yeah. Rockies, Giants, Chad Cool, Alex Cobb. I see Chad Cool still kicking ass. What the hell? Cubs, Padres, Keegan Thompson, Nick Martinez, Mets, Nats, Tyler McGill, and Aaron Sanchez. That's yeah, Tyler with an O. Sorry, Tyler. What a name. Parents didn't know what the hell they were doing. Rays, Angels, Shane McClanahan. McClanahan! Shohei Itani goes for the Angels. Man, has he been special lately. Both on the mound and with the bat. My name is Rob Orks with an O. (laughs) You'd want to yell at him and he'd be like, I didn't have a say in the matter. A's, Tigers, Zach Logue and Joey Wentz. Red Sox, Braves, Nathan Abaldi, Ian Anderson. Go Anderson. Sox. 
think they won last night, didn't they? I think they did. Yeah. Stroh's twins, Jose Urquidy, Chris Archer. I can tell the Braves have gotten under your skin because you don't care anything about the Red Sox, and yet you threw that in there. <laughs> it feels like the good old days. Uh, Orioles cards, Spencer Watkins and Miles Mikolas. Yes. Royals, Rangers. I know, by the way, it's Michaelis. Save the email. TBD and Matt Bush. Guardians White Sox. You know, saying the word Matt Bush made me want to pop a can of Bush and just guzzle it. It made me think of the Nick Faldo comment on the, uh, I think it was a Stenson tee shot. It went right into Arnold Palmer's Bush. Yes, and we were all like, ooh. No, I don't like Bush beer. Uh, but, like, if you said, here, have a bush light, pop that baby and guzzle it right now. It just sounded delightful. I don't know why. If it helped me with the allergies, I'd, I'd chug it. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say the next time we're on the course and we're starting the back nine. Here's a bush. It'll help you with your allergies. You got me a bush at the turn? I did. They sell bush at Capital City? <laughs> they do. You didn't just find that See, in the grass? Old school clientele. Guardians, White Sox, Aaron Sabell, and Vince Velasquez. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. <laughs> I love the idea of me finding a can of bush beer unopened in the grass at Capital City Country Club and saying, hey, I got you a bush, chug it. What It'll the- help with your allergies. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a really cool thing to do if you're, you've got <laughs> fu money. You're eccentric, and you drink bush, and you well, you just leave cold beers in the fescue every Sunday morning, and at, it became a secret. Like people right. were like, "Yeah, I don't know who does this." Yeah, what's that called when they place them in video games? Easter like, eggs. Easter eggs. Yeah, like oh, I heard Cameron played the course this morning. There's Easter eggs. Yep. Bush all over the. Cameron place. had the first tea time. Yeah. Don't buy any beer. Trust yeah, me. We're all good. Oh, look where he put him here. He put it in the sand trap. How cute. I have little messages for people. Enjoy. (laughs) Sorry you're in the sand. Have a cold one. (laughs) That would be great. People people forgot. I'm telling you, I just looked at the chat. I just went back. That's right. Freaking Texas lost to Kansas last year. This is, in the summer months, is where you go back and you remind yourself. When we start, you're like, hey, you know what else happened? So-and-so beat, you know, like, what? That did happen. I forgot all about that. So the epic losing streak started with Oklahoma, 55-48. Then they lost to Oklahoma State, 32-24. Then Baylor, 31-24. Then Iowa State beat them 30-7. 30-7. Packing it in. If you thought Kansas was the topper, well, then they went on the road to West Virginia the next week and lost 31-23. to All in sequence. I can't imagine what Longhorn Sports Radio or podcasts were like at that time. Must have been a lot of fun. Uh, Director Matthew and I know we would have, uh, is it Anwar? And that is, yeah, he would come on and, and he was. Oh, so he was documenting it blow uh, by blow. Yeah, a little bereft of hope. Uh, they they all started feeling so good about themselves, didn't they? Start the year by beating Arkansas. No, they lost in a, oh, uh, in a close game. Yeah, they pulled away late. Arkansas forty to twenty one was the final, but, but they, it was close for a while. There. They beat the Raging Cajuns, was ended up being kind of a good win, which we thought was a big deal for them. Yeah, they ran the football effectively. They were four and one to start the season. Bijan Robinson, yeah, with a road loss to Arkansas, which is not so bad. Uh, Bijan Robinson is a star player. I mean, he's going to get drafted. We know that they didn't have anybody drafted this year, but they will next year because of him. But man, I 
But now I know how they didn't have anybody drafted because they, they, they lost to Kansas. Yeah, well, in the midst of losing six straight, yes. They actually have some good players. They have a nice young receiver. I, I don't mm. – Like what is less likely for Texas football, to not have a player drafted or to lose six straight football games? Usually in the, in the scheduling, you have one cupcake somewhere in, the, in six straight? Well, they, they've suffered from some of the similar problems we've had. I, it, the, the bottom line is this. If you don't have good quarterback play, like if you have substandard quarterback play, it can go south on you in a hurry. If, if you're average to below average at quarterback, man – Unless you in the modern game too, unless you could just line up and and pound the rock and run the ball fifty five times and shorten games, I mean you you're in trouble. Let's do a like a reality show, like trading places, where we get to trade money with Texas for a year and see and if, let us work with yeah, them. see if we stink like they do. Well, so Tennessee feels like they're upwardly mobile, and I'll be curious to see the kind of season that they have this year in in year two. Um, you know, everybody talks about what a great year they had. Well, they went seven and six. So it's, uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, I don't know, it, it, but they're never going to have to long for money at Tennessee because, again, that they're in the right conference. It's just that uh, got a long way to go to catch Georgia on that side of the. Would field. you chant SEC SEC if Florida State got poached tomorrow? I don't think I could do that. I wouldn't chant it, but no. I'd smile. I'd smile. I'd be happy about the windfall. Good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Enjoy your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.